This week on the Federalist Radio Hour. The vaccine mandate was authorized through an obscure clause in OSHA's emergency powers. OSHA was signed into law by President Richard Nixon, um, which actually also reminds me of another thing Richard Nixon signed, which was Title IX. Subscribe to The Federalist on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Old routines die hard, like those multiple cups of coffee and sugary energy drinks to stay alert. Well, I discovered a healthier way to get the sustained energy I need without all the caffeine and sugar. Super Beats Heart Chews. I just unwrap a chew or two in the morning and let Super Beats Heart Chews do the rest. I feel great about what I'm doing for my health. Join me in the new way to start your day with Super Beats Heart Chews. I challenge you to try it for 30 days and give them your feedback. No more afternoon coffees, energy drinks, and candy for a quick pick-me-up. I've been taking Super Beats Heart Chews for years, and it's an easy and convenient on-the-go boost to your overall health and energy. Make Super Beats Chews an essential part of your busy day. To make it easy to get started, I got you up to 45% off plus free shipping at danasbeats.com. Hurry, it's their best offer available anywhere. That's danasbeats.com for up to 45% off. danasbeats.com. And if we look at year over year, this is really hot, up 9.1%, well above the 8.8 we are expecting, and 9.1% puts you at 1981, because 1981 covered 8.9 all the way up to 11%. And finally, the year over year core, which is becoming much more important to the Fed, up 5.9, also higher than expected. Bad, bad all around. Just bad all around. There's nothing good about about the the numbers that came out today. Uh, the inflation report that the Biden administration, I will add, was trying to get a handle on, and it's not working so well with their messaging. Welcome to the program. Dana Lash here with you. Happy Wednesday. And uh, if you signed up to the Substack newsletter, you already got uh, a lot of what we're going to be hitting as well today and uh, some other stuff too, especially with that video with uh, that came out yesterday with Uvalde, which we're going to get into some of that here shortly. So 9.1% inflation. I just, just a reminder that this number was all of the, if you want to call them experts, all of them claimed that this, it was going to be coming in, what, at 8.3%. If, if memory serves, that's what they said it was going to be coming in at. So they updated that uh, a couple days ago to 8.8. Oh, wonderful. And so then, 8 point, well, of course they did. Because uh, like in June, at the beginning of June, or actually into last month, they were saying it was going to be what, 8.3? Yeah. Yep. So then they revised it to say, oh, we think it's going to be 8.8. Well, it's a 9.1% peak. Now, I wanted to, let me pull this up. This was Ron Klain. Wait, I got to share this, guys. With you. Hang on, on, on. So Ron Klain. So this was June 16th of last year. So this is what Ron Klain had tweeted. He shared this graph from Jesse Lee, who was the he was a former special assistant to Obama, et cetera, et cetera. And. He said that there are going to be transitory impacts of restarting an economy that was shut down. But a key point in the Fed forecast today, and he said, oh, inflation projected to be down to 2.1% in 2022. I'm going to repeat that again because no one can believe it. 2.1% 2. 2. in 2022 is what he said. 2.1%. Mm-hmm. That is exactly what he said. 2.1% in 2022. It's not 2.1%. It's 
It's 9.1%. Actually, wait, 9.2. Sorry. I was actually 9.1. No, it's 9.1. I'll be, it's 9.1. 9.1%. So that's what Ron Klain, who is the uh, brain scrambler for the White House, I don't know. He's the White House chief of staff. That's what he tweeted a year ago. Highest rate. And now, the last time we said it, it was 40 years. Now we're at highest rate in 41 years. It just keeps going up. It just keeps getting worse. Worse and worse and worse. Now, also remember, and I'm going to pull this up too. Let me pull this tweet up for you. So, this is Congressman David Trone. He represents Maryland's 6th District. He's a Democrat. He retweeted Brian Deese's uh, spin on this because Brian Deese had tweeted, quote, while today's report shows unacceptably high inflation, energy made up one half of the monthly increase and report is backward looking. So that's their talking point. It's a backward looking report. All of them are backward looking because they all clock in and tell you exactly what happened last month and they either revise up or down. That's how this has always worked. Now they're trying to represent that as like a negative this is asinine. Back, I, and I'm not going to get over the backward looking. Well, who said that yesterday? That was Corinne uh, uh, Jean-Pierre. And Kane, you gave me, that was uh, audio sound by what, nine? nine yeah. yeah, play this. This is Brian Deese trying to spin it this morning. Listen to this. Well, well look, uh, you know, a couple points on today's report, as you just said. The first is, you know, it's backward looking and it doesn't reflect what we've oh seen gosh. over the last 30 days, which is a significant decline in gas prices down about 40 cents. Uh, that June report, about half of it was driven by energy prices and we've seen uh, moderation since. But the second point is that in the core, inflation uh, remains too high, which is why we need action. And I just want to underscore if there's one thing to take away from this report, it's that there is more urgency now than ever in Congress moving to pass a bill to try to build more domestic semiconductors, to try to bring down the price of those uh, goods. Yeah. So they want more spending, but that's there's even more. But wait, there's more. So this is what Brian Deese has. So David Trone retweets this. Get ready to get mad because he retweets it and he says, uh, Deese is right. Democrats and Republicans must pass legislation to reduce the cost of everyday expenses that are hitting American families from prescri- prescription drugs to utility bills. It's time to put partisanship on the shelf to get the job done. What are we waiting for? OK, hold the heck up. Fifteen months ago. Fifteen months ago, Democrats passed a Democrat only spending bill. Not a single Republican was either asked, was included, or permission was sought from. A party-line spending bill that made all of this infinitely worse. And now, now, pray tell, they want to talk about bipartisanship? The spending bill they passed that Republicans said, hey, wait a second, we might... We, we got something to say about this? No, no, no. That is not how that works at all. <sighs> you know what gets me? Because I'm looking at NBC News has a piece, Inflation Tracker, where prices are increasing. Well, I think a lot of you know that already. Electricity and clothing are up. 
cars, airfare, meat and eggs. Meat and eggs, they say, are starting to come down. Eh. What, a penny? Eh. They have a story on the latest, because this is what they've been tracking, because everybody's feeling this. 41-year high. State legislatures are suspending gas taxes in some states. And so the increase year-over-year price changes from major categories of foods. Yeah, definitely airfare cars. Cars are starting, I don't want to say it's starting to come down, because it it only dropped, like what, three points from May to June. So I don't know if that's necessarily, if I'm if I feel comfortable enough calling that a trend, do you? I don't. Now, electricity is up, duh, because it's summer high. May to June, electricity's increased almost three points because high again, once again, it's summer. What happens in summer, Kane? It gets it gets what? It gets hot. Not cold, but hot. hot. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Housing costs up almost six percent. June, meat and eggs. It's now they so from May to June. Now this is according to the Bureau of Labor Statistics and Energy Information Administration. From May to June, meat and eggs, year over year, 14.2 to 11.8. Oh, but it's 11.8 now, guys. Look, it's just changing. Airfare's still crazy because we're going into summer when people are not in school. Herp, burp. That's how that works. Gas is still ridiculous. 57.6% year over year change. That's nuts. I do want the cars to go down, though. The biggest jump we saw, I mean, it was really worse back in January and February when it was 23.3. It peaked in February, 23.5. Now what we're looking at is down from 23.5, and that was in February. Now to June, we're at 9.7. That's still an increase that I don't, I feel like it's a tax on stupidity if I go out and get and pay that much for a car when, you know, so I out of out of principle, I can't do it. I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it right now. So it's a mess. And here you have Democrats going, well, we need bipartisan. Hey, Slick, who runs the who runs the House, Slick? Who runs the Senate, champ? Hey, genius, who's in the White House? Y'all been running all of this. You remember when we were saying don't do that? That's going to be bad. Not just for you, but for everybody. Remember when we said that? I clearly remember, Kane, us saying that. Oh, yeah. And they said that we were bigots or something. I don't know. Who knows? Well, now here we are. Here we are. We warned everyone. I really feel like they want the Hunter stuff out there now because the numbers are so bad. How, that's how bad it is when you would actually welcome the Hunter Biden stuff as a distraction from this. It's this is just it's we're we're looking at everything that's going on in Sri Lanka right now. Their entire government collapsed. And. They 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 had people, what is it, going into the uh, president's home, swimming in their pool, all this stuff. Their government collapsed because of the ESG. You had these or these. Super unreasonable organic farm activists. They want what's best for 22 million people. What went wrong? I'll tell you what went wrong. Morons. That's what happened. You allowed morons to control your your AG and your fiscal policy. 
peddling organic agriculture. The environmental, social, and governance criteria. Sri Lanka had a near-perfect ESG score at 98%. Hey, what's their score of government function right now and stability? I bet it's real. Oh, yeah, they collapsed. Now, granted, coming out of coronavirus and the, and the stupid lockdowns that should never have happened was rough. But that is not the excuse for what's happening now. Instead of going on a reasonable path, we took a sharp left turn and got even dumber with policy. And all these same people, the shutdown people that that created all of this in the first place, are the ones saying that we need to raise taxes and, and we need, they were the ones who wanted the big spending bill. They were the ones who wanted all this stuff. And now look at the position we're in. My friend Carol Roth is going to be joining us coming up after headlines to discuss this. By the way, as the economy burns, Democrats are holding five hearings on abortion. Five hearings on abortion. I don't, I'm not saying this because I don't care about life, but I don't care. What, I don't care. What, what are their priorities here? What is the point of all of this? What is the point? Now, also, apparently it was revealed this morning that Obama sent a scathing email to his former doc, Ronnie Jackson, who is also Trump's doctor, because Jackson apparently tweeted some criticism about Biden's mental health, not just his mental health. I saw a video this morning of him. He was I think he just got out of the chopper and he was standing there in the green with some other officials. There was a little red carpet and they were trying to tell him where to stand. And oh, my gosh, you guys, he moved like someone who had a trouble moving at all, had mobility issues. And then B, he moved like someone who wasn't comprehending what he was being told. Okay, I'm going to go for a deep dive here real quick before we go to headlines. So like I've been watching Demon Slayer, which is my it's an anime series and it's fantastic. And I've been watching it. Look, if don't sit here and don't sit here and mock anime because it's the most conservative thing that is on any screen anywhere. It is more conservative than anything that you are watching in the in the United States. I promise you that in K-dramas. But that's a whole other story. Anyway, so one of the sisters, you know, she gets like partially they basically they use it as like a substitute word for vampire. Anyway, so the sister gets like turned into into this and the brother's going out to try to, you know, to cure her and to redeem her and to get vengeance for his slain family. And she's like totally out of it. And everyone's wondering what is going on with her mental state. She's more cognitive, has greater cognitive abilities than Joe Biden. I told you it was a deep dive, but it's worth it. Free speech, religious liberty, the Second Amendment across the country. Your constitutional rights are under constant attack and it's only getting worse by the day which is why I'm proud to support Patriot Mobile. They're not just America's only Christian conservative cell phone provider, they're one of the few companies fighting back. They offer the same nationwide coverage as the major carriers so you get the same great service plus the peace of mind that your money is combating the left's attempt to silence you. Patriot Mobile has plans to fit any budget and their 100% U.S.-based customer support team provides exceptional customer service. Patriot Mobile shares your values and supports organizations fighting for religious freedom, constitutional rights, sanctity of life, our veteran and first responder heroes. Visit PatriotMobile.com slash Dana or call 972-PATRIOT and get free activation with offer code Dana. Veterans and first responders save even more, so switch today. Between the left, the media, and rhinos, we need to stick together. PatriotMobile.com slash Dana or call 972-PATRIOT. And now, all of the news you would probably miss. It's time for Dana's Quick 5, brought to you by Caltech. 
So this just in, too. So Steve Dettelbach has been confirmed, apparently now, as the new ATF director. The first time in seven years that somebody was finally confirmed. And, uh, of course, he's he was, uh, at one point, the U.S. attorney for the Northern District of Ohio. He's an anti-gun Democrat. So he's heading up an agency that should entirely be abolished, but that's a whole other story. So there's some headlines right there. Uh, Another attorney, a DA, declines to file a battery charge against a teacher who physically forced a nine-year-old to mask up. And Red State adds that the dad was charged with campus disruption instead. The son, Camden Hernandez, had texted his mom saying, can you come and pick me up from school? The principal is forcing me out of the classroom with her body. Now the class has locked me out from going in, so please come and pick me up. It was a fourth grader in Simi Valley. Oh, I can tell you, I would have whooped that teacher's ass. If you don't, And if you don't want parents saying something like that, then you learn your place. You work for the parents. If you dislike it, then you don't be roughhousing with somebody else's kid when you're trying to force them to wear a completely stupid and inadequate mask that doesn't do anything against a respiratory virus whose, whose particles are tinier than the mesh weaving of the mask. You anti-scientific flat earthers. That's all I'm going to say on that. That makes me mad. Oh, you! I guarantee you, I would have gone to jail for more than disruption because the teacher and I, we would have had fisticuffs out in the parking lot and it wouldn't have gone well. Uh, this, a uh, Cypress couple was sued $250,000 by their HOA for feeding ducks and now they could lose their home. What? I mean, ducks are kind of mean though. I will say that. But feeding ducks at your HOA, this is why I don't like to live with HOAs. Carol Roth joins us next. It's getting hot outside, mostly from all the grills firing up. Summer grilling is upon us, and if you're looking for the perfect cuts to put on your grill this year, look no further than Good Ranchers. Good Ranchers is the place to get 100% American meat this summer. I love how easy it is to get all my favorite cuts of beef, chicken, and even seafood shipped right to my door. With meat prices higher than ever, Good Ranchers is giving you free steaks. That's right, free steaks. So right now, get two free 18-ounce prime center cut ribeyes with my code Dana. That's a $100 offer free to you. Visit GoodRanchers.com slash Dana for over two pounds of free ribeye steaks added to your order at no cost to you. This is a limited time deal, so don't miss out on your free 18 ounce prime center cut ribeyes because I promise you they're not going to be around for long. Visit GoodRanchers.com slash Dana and use code Dana. That's GoodRanchers.com slash Dana, code Dana. Good Ranchers, American meat delivered. Former Trump White House official Brooke Rollins explains how she and other conservatives are preparing to help the next Republican president advance their agenda and successfully fight the bureaucracy. I'm Bill Walton. On the latest edition of The Bill Walton Show, Rollins also explains how President Trump was able to accomplish so much despite the government working against him and how getting the right congressional staffers is vital. Follow The Bill Walton Show at Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen to The Dana Show live on the Odyssey app, weekdays, noon to 3 p.m. Eastern Time. Look, uh, you know, a couple points on today's report, as you just said. The first is, you know, it's backward looking and it doesn't reflect what we've seen over the last 30 days, which is a significant decline in gas prices down about 40 cents. Uh, That June report, about half of it was driven by energy prices, and we've seen uh, moderation since. But the second point is that in the core, Inflation uh, remains too high, which is why we need action. And I just want to underscore, if there's one thing to take away from this report, it's that there is more urgency now than ever in Congress moving to pass a bill 
to try to build more domestic semiconductors, to try to bring down the price of those uh, goods. By the way, which are made the biggest, biggest company that makes those is in Taiwan. And that's the, com- the country that Joe Biden didn't include in his little Asian uh, business deal. Everyone else was included except for Taiwan because they didn't want to make China mad. Just faxies, you know. Oh, my gosh. Backward looking. Welcome back to the program. I'm really trying hard to just contain my aggravation over the language that they're using because clearly the talking points went out. It's bad. The numbers are bad. 9.1% inflation is unacceptably high. But they say that, you know, these are out of date figures that don't reflect the full impact. So for this, we wanted to go to the only person that we know is going to give us the straight, not shaken the the story on this our friend carol roth who is a former investment banker she's a television uh pundit host new york times best-selling author her book the war on small business is a must read carol first off it's lovely to see you i i'm so happy you're here with us and thank you for joining us i have got to get your reaction to brian deese's spin here yeah, well, first, you you call me this truth teller, and normally I like to keep it 100, Dana, but right now with inflation, <laughs> I can only keep it 77. So, you know, t- take this all with a grain of salt. I mean, I was reliably informed um, by the adults that this is the best economy ever. So I'm not really sure what you're worried about. This is amazing. Um, no, we, the, the, like I, I, I'm trying to bring some levity to this because it is just infuriating. It is so depressing. This is your dollars, your listeners' dollars, my dollars. Everybody has worked hard for that. They've done the right thing. They've saved. They've invested. And these people, these central planners who are so smart and know better, have done nothing but destroyed what you have worked for. So now you are working for longer for less than before. You can look forward or you can look backwards, but when you go to pay for something, you're getting less no matter what way that you're looking. Um, And everybody should be absolutely furious about it. And the fact that they're just trying to gaslight everybody, uh, I'm just not sure what the strategy is because people know. People know when they go to the gas station, when they go to buy food, when they're trying to pay their rent, they understand what's happening when they're writing those checks or giving out those credit cards. So I just don't get the, the gaslighting here. Yeah, you can't lie to people about what's in their bank accounts. And I just can't get over that the best that they have is, well, these are backward looking numbers. That's how this always is. I mean, they, they tell you what happened the previous month and then it's sometimes revised up or revised down. I think they said that, like, for instance, at the beginning of the month, I think they were expecting like an 8.8 and it's 8.3%. Still, it's ridiculous, but now we're at 9.1%. But that's how this works. Yeah, I mean, not only is it backwards looking, but okay, let's look forward then. What do we have to look forward to next time? If it's not 9.1, if it comes back to 8.6% increase year over year. And by the way, this number, as we know, has been fudged with. The real number that you're actually feeling is about double that. And your wages have not kept up with that inflation. It doesn't matter, again, if you look backwards or look forwards. There's nowhere we can look and not see a train that's coming at us in terms of a really difficult economic environment. And the worst part 
is that it was all completely avoidable. This yeah. was all done by central planning decisions that did not need to be taken by people who are either decoupled with reality, who are intentionally trying to destroy America, or perhaps a little bit of both, because there is no other explanation. And we have to let these people who don't live in reality go somewhere else. They cannot be in charge of multi-trillion dollar decisions that impacts our livelihoods. Yes, and 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 that's that's a huge thing. At this, I was looking, American households faced nearly $500 in additional expenses in June just because of the super high inflation. And as, and as Carol, we're talking with Carol Roth, and as Carol was just saying, I mean, it's really double this. I mean, it's really double the 9.1% that we're feeling. An extra $500 in additional expenses. And then, to add insult to injury, we've got uh, the, with Trump. Trone out of what was he out of? Did I say Ohio? I don't know. He's one of these. He, can, I'm just going to be straight about it. He's one of these morons who's, you know, he's got a D after his name, and he's saying, you know, the problem is that we don't have any bipartisanship. Carol, correct me if I'm wrong, but I mean, 15, 16 months ago, there was a spending bill that was passed that Republicans were not invited to contribute to, or ask questions on, or make deductions to, or anything like that. That made this all exponentially worse. And it could have been even worse on top of that if you didn't have Joe Manchin, who decided that Build Back Better was really Build Back Broke, you would have had trillions more on top of this. I mean, these are the same people who passed a bill in March of last year to send out stimulus checks. Now, the word is stimulus. And they said, no, that's not stimulating the economy. It wasn't the thing that was called stimulus that is stimulating it. Like, like what world are these people living in? And they just want to keep spending more dollars. I mean, we saw this uh, over the past couple of weeks in California. They are going to send out inflation relief checks. Does this scream that I have absolutely no idea on what's causing inflation when you think that sending checks to people is going to help combat combat inflation in a supply constrained economy? I just want to go around and slap people. (laughs) We need to have that as a soundbite. We just need to have that. And whenever we feel like it, we're going to play it. It's going to be a new stinger as well. Talking with Carol Roth, <laughs> who investment banker, best New York Times bestselling author, her book, The War on Small Business. You got to read it because there's a lot of stuff you're not learning or hearing about in the media. Carol, too, the thing with this, and I understand, you know, we were, and I, this is just thrown out as such justification for this mess, but it didn't have to be this way. I, we, we had an economy, the world's biggest economy, which should never have been shut down. No world's economy, no, no country's economy should have been shut down. But even after coming out of that, if we would have just been smart with, with fiscal policy, if we would have just been smart about it instead of a hard veer to the left, th- we, this, was, this is all a self-inflicted wound. Yeah, I mean, mistakes have been made all along the way. And, you know, we faced something that people hadn't seen before. People panic. And like you said, if they had just gone, you know, we probably shouldn't have done that. But let's let bygones be bygones and turn things around. Um, Things would have been different. Even the Federal Reserve, you know, back in March of 2020, when they started this emergency policy, they had to lower interest rates and they had to add trillions of dollars to their balance sheet. It was to support the market because it was an emergency. But less than three months later, June 5th of 2020, the Nasdaq hit a historic record high. So obviously that's telling you, you don't need emergency support, but yet we went on for you know months and months up until 
actually two months after we had hit a 40-year high in inflation before they pulled back that support. Um, and I still don't know that they've done anything with their balance sheet that they said that they were going to do. We didn't have to have the American Rescue Plan. Biden didn't have to send out Biden dollars. You're paying very dearly for that you know, $1,000 or whatever it was check that you had. The energy policy, they did a bad thing there, but they could reverse course on that any day now. And they just keep doubling down on bad policy because they don't believe in reality or because they want to destroy us. Or, as I said, a little bit of both. Yeah, uh, uh, likely a little bit of both. And now they, they're proposing additional spending on top of it. Uh, Democrats are saying that they've got stuff in the works. Oh, we just need to, ra- you know what, we need to spend a little bit more and we need to raise taxes uh, because that's going to help us, you know, make make ends meet. That's I, Look, I am not an economist. I am not an investment banker. I do not have the vast financial expertise that you do. I did take a semester of Econ 101 in college. (laughs) And I just remember that was one of the things that we learned. When you are in a recession, and I mean, that's really what we're in, the last thing that you do is raise taxes. Yeah, it's, um, I mean, certainly there is a case to be made that if you were trying to control inflation, that taking money away from people and they can't spend it is one way to control inflation, but not if you're going to give it back to the government to increase spending and have them spend it. Net, net, that's the same spending. Um, And then, you know, adding on the additional debt because we know that they're never just going to spend what they're allocated. Yeah, every policy is just at odds with each other. You have the Fed who is trying to quote unquote cool demand, which means slow down the economy at the same time as you know, you've know, you got the, the other folks here go, no, no, we need to put more money out and spend more money to cool the economy or something. I mean, it's like, if you remember South Park, the underpants gnomes, yes. and they're like their three-step oh. process of, you know, steel <laughs> underpants, question mark, profit. I feel like that is the level of strategy that we're talking about here from people who are making massive decisions and they should not have the authority to make those massive decisions and to play God with the economy. And Carol is touching on this headline that I saw, a a severe, severe recession needed to cool inflation, Bank of America analysts say, which that was... (sighs) Stunning to me, that headline. There's so many other ways to go about this without severe, severe recession. That they created. I mean, that's that's the amazing (laughs) thing. We're going to burn your house down. Then we're going to give you a dollar to to save it. But that's not enough for you to build it back. But then we're going to say that we saved your house. I mean, the the like the mental gymnastics. I want to give out a gold medal for mental gymnastics because that's what we're getting from these people who are supposed to be experts. And it would be hilariously funny if it was not costing you. And here's the thing that just kills me, Dana, is this is coming on the back of the average American. These are the people who are going to have to curtail their spending. They're going to have to dip into their savings. They're going to have to increase their credit cards. Their 401ks are going you know where. They're going to be flushed out of the market. And all of these very well-capitalized elites, when this all goes to you know where, are going to come in as vulture capitalists, buy everything up at cents on the dollar, and then they're going to, you know, do this all again to inflate all the assets again. This is an epic, historic wealth transfer. And, you know, much of it is by design. That's a really great point, too. And this is one of the things that we've talked about before. It is a wealth transfer and it's moving everyone towards owning nothing. Own nothing and you'll be happy. 
but that's not how it goes. I, and I don't think Karl Marx said that, but he should have. Carol Roth, author of The War on Small Business, go and get her book out on HarperCollins and get it through like Books a Million or uh, don't get it on Amazon. Get, not because I dislike Amazon, because they won't count it on bestseller lists if you do that. <laughs> they count it for less than, which is such a, they're such a scam. Carol, God love you. I'd love to see you. Thank you so much for your, your expertise on this. We are grateful for your sanity. Good to see you. Back at you. See you soon. That's, uh, and we'll make sure too that I put this link in the uh, email newsletter when I send it out. You have to, I read her book and it was very eye opening. There were things in there. Like I said, I'm not like a financial expert. I did take one, one Econ 101 class one semester. And that's, I mean, there was some basic stuff. I think everybody is, should be required to do that. There's just like a vast, vast financial an epidemic of financial stupidity, not just in the country, but worldwide. That has to be remedied. Old routines die hard, like those multiple cups of coffee and sugary energy drinks to stay alert. Well, I discovered a healthier way to get the sustained energy I need without all the caffeine and sugar. Super Beats Heart Chews. I just unwrap a chew or two in the morning and let Super Beats Heart Chews do the rest. I feel great about what I'm doing for my health. Join me in the new way to start your day with Super Beats Heart Chews. I challenge you to try it for 30 days and give them your feedback. No more afternoon coffees, energy drinks, and candy for a quick pick-me-up. I've been taking Super Beats Heart Chews for years, and it's an easy and convenient on-the-go boost to your overall health and energy. Make Super Beats Chews an essential part of your busy day. To make it easy to get started, I got you up to 45% off plus free shipping at danasbeats.com. Hurry, it's their best offer available anywhere. That's danasbeats.com for up to 45% off. danasbeats.com. Of all your favorite talk hosts, one of these is not like the others. The Dana Show. Oh, man, Little Fontaines. This, this headline from New York Post is interesting. And I don't dislike the New York Post. I like them. Now, this is uh, Alexander Hamilton's paper of note. Here's the headline. Quote, I make my four-year-old cleaning machine kid do 12 hours of labor a week. Now, they get into it later. Um, we here in, um, we here like elsewhere in the reality call these chores. They're called chores. Who didn't have chores? Axe murderers. Okay. Who didn't have chores? I don't know. 12 hours. That's like nothing. Sorry. I mean, I think you could make her do more work, mom. It's a story. This mom is in UK is Fucking today's trend of overindulging kids having their four-year-old complete two hours of chores a day. And they say they describe her daughter Sienna's chores as a grueling regimen. She says that she started making her kids clean up their toys at age three. And she does 12 hours of household tasks per week. She puts the groceries away from her mom. She empties the washing machine. She hangs stuff up to dry. She sweeps and vacuums. Yeah, these are called chores. She can strip her own bed and make it. Yeah, all my, my kids have done, done this forever. I, I have not done my kids' clothes. I have not done their laundry in four years, five years. I don't do their laundry. It's longer even for my oldest. I've, I've never, I stopped doing their laundry when they're in junior high. I'm like, no, you gotta, if you want clean clothes, you better wash them. If you want clean bed sheets, you better wash them. If you want clean towels in your bathroom, you better wash them. Wash your stuff. I won't do it. 
You, they put the dishes away. I'm like, every kid should have chores. Like when they were little, we did it where they would bid out. We'd bid out stuff. And I was so a listener reminded me of this. We would have chores and we would be like, this is what you'll get paid for. Anything beyond, I don't give allowances, never have. Because you're paying people to be a productive member of their own household. I don't do that. That's the like same thing as a universal income. That's what an allowance is. And I don't believe in that. Never done it. So we don't do that. We don't do universal incomes, a.k.a. allowances in our house. Never have. If you want money, you got to earn it. Do something beyond the stuff that you are supposed to be doing as a productive member of the household. And I would, would post stuff up. Like you'll get, you can get this much for this chore, this much for this chore. And then the oldest would take it and subcontract it out to the youngest. Like it, achieved, it was ridiculous. But it was still, it was, I mean, it was kind of smart actually for him to do that. But I mean, it's, they, this is what, oh my gosh, I had to do this. It helps kids. They, they learn responsibility. And yeah, as Juan says, that's how it goes. If your kid isn't doing their own laundry, I'm sorry, but I got to question it. I don't care if you don't like the way they do laundry. That's, it's, you got to give it over to them. They, and they need to be doing all this stuff on their own. I even, I stopped, um, I, the, I would say like, if you need new clothes, here's your budget. You have to budget it in. This is what you got to do. We're not doing, I mean, that's how you got to do it. They need to be raised. We are, people are like, don't want to raise kids anymore. I'm like, I was looking at this like hard labor. This is chores. Like these are chores. Golly. They act like you're in the gulag. This is life. Golly. I'm telling you. If it, man, you, it, people, single people, if you're dating someone, ask them if they had chores as a kid. And if they didn't run. Second hour on the way. Don't go anywhere. We have that video from Uvalde and a lot more. Stick with us. Keltec Innovation is back to back. You've heard me talk about Keltec's P50 pistol. Now here comes the new 9mm P15 carry pistol. Quality engineered, the 9mm P15 carry pistol is the lightest, thinnest of its kind and Keltec's first striker fire handgun. And as another first, the P15s feature a totally unique patent pending 15 round extended magazine. Now other features include ambidextrous grip, safety, reversible mag release, and the hybrid fiber optic night sights with full adjustable rear that all comes standard it's from Keltec, inventors of subcompact polymer and now metal handguns the p15's gator grip texture on the polymer version increases stability and makes for easy accurate handling while the all metal version offers comfortable but positive traction and a really beautiful wood grip panel the p15 is the dependable firepower you need to secure your world see the new nine millimeter p15 first up close and personal at keltecweapons.com that's k-e-l-t-e-c weapons.com Together, we are expanding access to transportation. Seems like maybe it's a small issue, it's a big issue. You need to get to go and need to be able to get where you need to go to do the work. Wait, you need to get to go and get to go to where you can go to do the work, right? I heard that correctly? Yeah, that's about right. Where is someone stopping you from getting to go? I... I gotta. I have to ponder this. Welcome back to the program, Dana Lashier, your lovable neighborhood curmudgeon. Hashtag get off my lawn. And that is our vice president, Kamala Harris. I'm not going to tell you what Kane said on break. Thank you. Kane's. Kane's and I. I was telling Kane that so sidebar real quick, and we're going to come back to this. So I got a family member on Facebook because most of my family is pretty left, and 
I got one family member who used to be but isn't no more and shares some of the most inappropriate memes that are hysterical, but so not. I mean, you would be fined a million times over for saying some of the stuff that is in these memes. It came like, share them, share them. No, because we, I'm not going to put that, if we had an HR department, I would totally be written up if I put this in Slack. There's no said, way. Share it with me. You don't have to share it with everybody. Oh my gosh. And so I think he's trying to have a competition, like, and mentally with this family member. Anyway, so this is, what is her point? To get to go to where you, I'm sorry, just play that yeah, one we'll part where she's again, in yeah. the getting to go stuff. Hang on. You need to get to go and need to be able to get where you need to go to do the work. Is someone, wait, is someone preventing people from getting to go to somewhere? I just. Lockdowns? What in the hell is this know. about? What is she, what is she, what's her point here? Good grief. This is also ridiculous. I, um, I don't know. I just, I, no, I just don't get it. Anyway, uh, the economic numbers are bad. Job numbers are bad. It's bad. The economy's burning. I don't know what Democrats' priorities are. Here's something else that's interesting. I did see this coming out of uh, Axios. This is how it's being spun. So let me, First off, I'm talking over the other voice in my head that's screaming, this is narrative. Here's the the story. Democrats now have a bigger advantage among white college graduates than they do with non-white voters, according to a New York Times-Siena College poll. We're seeing a political alignment in real time. Now, the way it's kind of being spun by the the talking points that are coming out about this... uh, Democrat, they say Democrats are the party of upscale voters. They're, you know, they're concerned with issues like gun control and abortion rights. Republicans are building a multiracial coalition. Yeah, Democrats are building a bougie white party. People who are rich and so they don't have to care about other issues that everyone else cares about. And they can get involved uh, with things like uh, they, 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 they believe in phrases called abortion rights and they look at things like gun control, which no one is concerned about going into midterms, especially if you look at these numbers, the job number, the, the inflation, the CPI number. They said that Democrats hold a 20 point advantage over Republicans amongst white college educated voters. They're tied amongst Hispanics, which has never happened. That's it's it's yeah. So this is interesting. I do agree that it is a political realignment. I don't think that it is a party of upscale voters. That's a weird way to put this, isn't it? What do you think of when I'm when I say, "Oh, they're they're getting more white college graduates than non-white voters now." I, and I'm not talking about just like the 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 you know lowest common denominator you know re- reflexive argument. Think about higher ed. I cannot get that Berkeley law professor out of my head, the one who was arguing with Josh Hawley. People who get degrees in stupidity and then they go and show their whole backside to the world on C-SPAN. I don't view higher education as being better or more upscale than not. Simply because some of the dumbest people I know have master's degrees. Some of the absolutely dumbest people I know. And some of the smartest people I know, some of them just have a high school diploma. 
It is at any more. I think a lot of this higher ed is used as a class status symbol rather than a real measure of education. And I'm not knocking education. Unlike, you know, a lot of people on the left, I really support and celebrate autodiadism. But the left doesn't because they don't view that as being legitimate unless it's sanctioned by something that they have something that they have greater faith in than in themselves. And ultimately, that's what this is. So I feel like they have a bigger share now. Can I just say it of dumb people? Isn't it? It's incredibly ironic, isn't it? Because the people that they, you know, that they trot out there. Look at some of their latest, uh, some of their new elected officials that are entering the political world. They came straight out of college and they never worked a day in the private sector. A lot of them are like, some of them are legacy. You know, like like their second or third generation, you know, going for the same district, whatever. I, but Republicans, while the left focuses on multicultural, multiracial coalition, I don't, I think that that's a really myopic way to look at this. It's not a multiracial coalition. It's a co, it's a coalition of people who are driven by that one animating thing that has made America what it is, and that is freedom. The freedom to be able to work as much as they want and enjoy the fruits of their labor. The ability to be able to provide for their families and provide for their families' families. That's what I see. I'll never forget when we were down in KURV land, our affiliate down there in McAllen, and I was talking, I had a book event, I was talking to this one business owner, and he was a grandfather. He immigrated from Mexico, like, I don't know, like 35, 40 years ago. And started like a car dealership and then had restaurants and like built this empire, had kids. Uh, His family were they all had, you know, what you would call, I guess, what New York Post referred to as child labor. They had chores. Um, Everybody, everybody worked. Everybody pitched in and worked. And then and and it really was like a it's like a family enterprise. And then the grandkids, you know, they started learning about, you know, how to make payroll and economy. And they knew more with their practical education than what I think Axios would refer to as the upscale uh, white college graduates that now Democrats have a bigger advantage with. Because these people saw trial and error and they lived and they saw, they saw what made success. They saw the work ethic that made it. They saw what was required in terms of understanding finance that made it. And, and people have the freedom to do that in the United States. That's what it's all about. And the left looks at at people like that and castigates them. Somehow they're selfish because they were able to accumulate this much and take care of their families. And then they then they mock kids like this from families like that saying, oh, well, you know, you're uh, you know, this is uh, inherited wealth. This is privilege. No, this is a grandfather who worked their backside off creating something literally out of nothing and kids who expanded to it and now grandchildren who are working and expanding it. That's not wrong. And it's not what the definition of selfish isn't them working hard and being the first to to uh, be there in the morning and the last to leave. It's people who covet that. That's the selfishness. And so I'm looking at this poll. And I feel like this really spells doom for Democrats. Because did we not, Kane, did we not have this big debate last month? The left was insisting they're the ones who go out and, and this was from the um, Buffalo. It was, well, this last month, it was the Buffalo murder. 
And from that tragedy was this big conversation about what America, you know, how America is always, America's always been, and apparently this is a non-PC phrase now, always been like a melting pot of everybody. And that's a, I don't know why that's like a shameful thing to say now, but I think that's something to be celebrated because it just reinforces that animating spirit of liberty. But there was this huge conversation about how the electorate is changing in America and Democrats were like, oh, that's why Republicans are freaking out because more black and brown voters, et cetera, et cetera. Remember that whole conversation? But now they are actually more so the white college graduate party than non-white now. So that's, this really spells doom for them. I'm totally okay with this. Don't say anything to them. This is just us talking by ourselves. Don't say anything to these people. Just shh. Biden's job approval sank to 33%. 33%. It's so bad. Kane goes, November can't get here fast enough. Yes, it can because it's going to get worse, dude. Do you think these people are going to do anything good from here on out? No, they're not. I watched a video of him not even able to stand on a red carpet earlier today. If you're watching the simulcast of the nationally syndicated radio show on the first, Biden has to be shown by two people where to go on the red carpet after deplaning from Air Force One. Who moves like that? He has his hands like a little T-Rex in front of him. He like awkwardly moves like what in the world? It's weird, man. Now, here's something else interesting. The Bidens apparently are being slammed. Hunter's former Venice, California neighbors are up in arms over the homeless tent city that took over since he left. And he had moved into this. He had lived in a $25,000 per month rented canal front home in Venice with his 24-hour Secret Service protection. And they said that because of Secret Service, there were a lot of homeless encampments that disappeared. When he moved out last year, a tent city of homeless people sprung up again. And he moved to this real swanky home on Malibu, a mansion in Malibu. And then there was a next door mansion that he had Secret Service live in because Hunter Biden, can he only wants the best. It might be Biden inflation for all of you out there, but Hunter Biden's living his best life, getting his super swanky mansion in Malibu, and the taxpayers foot the bill for the mansion next door for Secret Service. So he moved to Malibu, where he was spending pretty much the same, uh, uh, this, this huge panoramic Pacific Ocean View home. Now, apparently, I guess they moved out again. So they don't, I guess they've moved out and they don't live there anymore. I don't know. I don't know where they, they probably went to another spot in Malibu or like Beverly Hills or something, I'm sure. But yeah, the homeless encampment. Good heavens. Just, it's fascinating to me. It's just fascinating. It really is. Now coming up, we have actually a number of things to get into, including uh, the latest at the border, and then also that video, the 77-minute video of security camera footage and body camera footage from Uvalde that has been released. It is unbelievable. And I think it has made, I mean, it just, this all keeps just getting worse and worse. We're going to talk about this because Chris Murphy had tweeted, tweeted about it, and I said something to him. We'll get into all of that. 
If you're like me, you're growing more and more concerned about the future. Inflation is at its highest level in 40 years. Interest rates are skyrocketing, and market experts not only predict a recession, but they're using terms like, quote, economic hurricane and unprecedented. So if you want to protect your future, do what I did. Call the only precious metal dealers that I trust, American Hartford Gold. American Hartford Gold can show you how to protect your savings and retirement accounts by diversifying your portfolio with physical gold and silver. So get started with just one short phone call and they'll have physical gold and silver delivered right to your door or inside your IRA or 401k. They're the highest rated firm in the country with an A-plus rating from the Better Business Bureau and thousands of satisfied clients. Call right now and you'll receive up to $1,500 of free silver on your first qualifying order. Don't wait. Call 866-887-1188. That's 866-887-1188 or text DANA to 9 Nine nine eight eight nine nine. Protect your future with American Hartford Gold. 866-887-1188 or text Dana to 998899. And now, all of the news you would probably miss. It's time for Dana's Quick 5, brought to you by Caltech. So, uh, Anthony Fauci apparently says coronavirus vaccines, quote, don't protect overly well against infection. So that means they're not vaccines. There you go. That seems obvious, right? We all knew this. We all talked about it. School counselors, and I wanted to touch on this again. They've been saying that students are experiencing the highest level of anxiety and depression ever seen. It is the New York Times, which conducted a survey of 362 school counselors across the nation. They said that the foundational skills for learning need to be retaught, that children took the brunt of the suffering from the draconian lockdown measures and mask mandates in schools, which of course they did. And they said that many students are frozen socially and emotionally at the age they were when the pandemic started. 94% of counselors reported heightened levels of anxiety and depression, 88% reported emotional issues, 75% reported conflict resolution problems. And 72% of counselors said students regularly broke classroom rules and 67 showed signs of low self-esteem, whereas 59 reported students had trouble making friends. Of course they did. This is what the lockdowns did, and an entire generation is now still dealing with it. Now, UPS has a new ghost gun shipping rule that is said to potentially disrupt the industry under policy, under a, a trying to comply with Biden's, the Biden administration's new rules on ghost guns. So corporate shipping giant UPS has stopped delivering for some American retailers that sell parts for firearms. They call them ghost guns, even though they're not guns. It could be an unmilled chunk of aluminum, or if you're British, aluminium. After pressure from Democrats and the rollout of new federal rules aimed at cracking down stupidly on the parts, they're not by themselves parts. That's like um, getting, it's like ordering uh, a seat from a company and calling that seat a, a car. It's, I mean, it's the same thing. It's so stupid. So they're now suspending, apparently, UPS shipping some of this. Up next, Congressman Chip Roy joins us to talk about the border and so much more. Stick with us. This week on the Federalist Radio Hour. And the pandemic was a sort of... There's an opening to talk to folks on the left about the administrative state when the vaccine mandate was authorized through an obscure clause in OSHA's emergency powers. OSHA was signed into law by 
President Richard Nixon, um, which actually also reminds me of another thing Richard Nixon signed, which was Title IX. I'm Emily Jashinsky of The Federalist. Subscribe to The Federalist on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Want a behind-the-scenes look at The Dana Show? Subscribe to Dana's chapter and verse newsletter for a deeper dive in all things Dana at danalash.com. So I'm reading this. I just saw this piece that just apparently this news is just breaking. This is absolutely stunning. That was this case of uh, this 10-year-old who had been reportedly raped in Ohio and ended up having to cross into Indiana to get an abortion. And after all these people are asking questions, uh, I do say the timing is kind of convenient, but an arrest literally was just made in the case. And the rapist is apparently someone who who came to the country illegally. The Columbus Dispatch says Gershon Fuentes, 27, was arrested today, well, sorry, yesterday, after police say he confessed to raping the child on two occasions. He's been charged with rape, and they did DNA tests, etc., all of this. And it's being reported that he was, he's here illegally in the country. Um... Wow. I don't want to make light of this, but I just want to say that I think Jill Biden would call him a very special type of breakfast taco. This is just this is an amazing, infuriating. I can't even wrap my mind around this, but this is one of the problems that we have when we refuse to ensure that we are not that people coming across the border, we know who they are. And that, I mean, I'm just, I'm shocked. I mean, we're just learning about this now. Joining me right now is Texas Congressman Chip Roy, who I don't even know if he's been made aware of this story yet. The news is just coming out now that this individual was arrested yesterday. But I think it further illustrates the ongoing issue that we have, how this problem with people coming into the country, be it at the southern border or anywhere, and us not upholding the laws that we have to make sure that you know it's in people are coming in an orderly fashion and we're not having you know and they're coming in legally so that we can you know i mean this is our laws that this is not just a border state issue because this was in ohio ohio the congressman joins us now via skype i didn't mean congressman always good to have you and i i really appreciate your uh the work that you've been doing and i'm sorry to spring the story on you i just saw it as we were coming as we were in break and I wanted to share it with you. I just kind of wanted to get, you know, an, an initial reaction from me. This is wild in Ohio. So this isn't a Texas issue. It's not an Arizona issue. It's not a Florida issue. It's an everywhere issue. But this is this is stunning. And it brings together kind of two issues in one. Yeah, there are multiple issues coming together. And first of all, thanks for having me on, Dana. Good, good to be on, as always. We're, I'm actually coming to you from the cloakroom of the House floor because we were just down on the floor debating with Thomas Massey, Jim Jordan, and others this uh active shooter alert thing, which is another thing to strike fear in the hearts of the American people over guns. Uh, So we're opposing that on the floor uh, right now. But, you know, the issues you're talking about here, it does merge a number of issues. And one of which is the border, of course. If if these allegations are true, obviously I haven't seen the exact facts and reports. I've seen the news pop up on Twitter uh, that there was a, a, you know, illegal uh, alien who's here that uh, allegedly may have committed this rape on this 10-year-old. Um, and the other fact in here from an abortion standpoint that I'm aware of is I think under under the uh, Ohio law that the uh, 10-year-old would have been able to avail herself of 
uh, uh, abortion in the context of, of her health. I believe that is the state of the law in Ohio. Uh, so obviously there's been a lot of attention on this. But like, as we speak, Bill Illusion was just reporting of a stream of individuals coming across our border in Eagle Pass. I was down there last week. I, inter- I personally interacted with about 350 people that were there over the course of 30 minutes while I was down at the Rio Grande. Um, and, and those are all the people seeking border patrol, not running. But as you know, there have been 850,000 known gotaways that we see on camera that have been, you know, abscond- they've absconded. They've gotten away and, and have not come to uh, law enforcement. Those are your worst actors. We know these are terrorists. These are gang members. These are robbers. These are rapists. These are criminals. Um, and they're moving narcotics. They're moving fentanyl. And Americans are dying. And Americans are getting raped. And Americans are getting put into the sex trafficking trade. And migrants are dying. And migrants are getting raped. And migrants are getting put into the sex trafficking trade. That's the reality of our border. It is particularly bad in Texas. It's hurting us directly. It's why those county officials are calling on the declaration of an invasion. And they're right to do so. But it really is affecting the entire country. And I, and I cannot understand why Republicans are not raising holy hell over this. And we're just going along as business as usual, passing the National Defense Authorization Act. We'll no doubt fund the government in September. Where are Republicans in raising hell over what's happening to the American people? Fentanyl, rapes, murders, deaths, cartels empowered, all on the watch of this incompetent administration. Yeah, we're, we're talking with Congressman Chip Roy from the Republic of Texas, live from the cloakroom, which is, looks like a very nice cloakroom. I, I mean, I just... <laughs> I, I've been seeing some of this that with, and I'm actually looking at some video right now, just some, just streaming across the border, hundreds of people. Um, there's, and then they're not really long in that area before they are, they board a bus and then they go somewhere else in the United States. But this is, I mean, we're talking what, like thousands and thousands of people. I think what, just for like the past couple of months alone, there have been, there have been estimated to be more people uh, or at least within the last six months, more people coming across the border than the town in which I was born in. That, you know, 36,000 people is a kind of a small town. The town in which I was born in, uh, that's that's insane. That's, these are whole entire cities that are, that it, it, over the span of a few weeks, were, that are coming across the border. And we have no idea that people are who they are, who they say they are. It's kind of the honor system, so to speak. Yeah, well, we're running at about 8,000 apprehensions a day, which means we would surpass the town you grew up in in about three or four days. Oh, uh, that's, not, that, that's We're running at 2,000 a day of the known Godaway. So you're really closer to that 10,000 number. Uh, we have apprehended something like 3 million people under this administration, 1.5 million this fiscal Wait, year. Wait, under the 1.5 million just this fiscal year alone? And, yeah, since last the end of September, 1.5 million people have been apprehended. That's bigger than the entire town of San Antonio which I represent, bigger than the entire city, San Antonio. Uh, but that's, again, we've had 800,000 known gotaways in that same time. This is what we're dealing with. And I don't know how to put into words the reaction of the people that I know and that I represent in Texas, and particularly those in South Texas that are near uh, the district I represent, what it's doing to them, what it's doing to their ranches, what it's doing to their psychology, their economy, their livestock, the fences getting cut, the bodies they find. The Brooks County mobile morgue, where there are 48 migrants in a mobile morgue in Brooks County, where there was last year about 100 and I think 20 something that were found uh, in that same county. Um, You know, when I was down at the Rio Grande, the the moms that were coming across, like carrying a child like a sack of potatoes, barely barely able to get by because of the 170 degree heat and Border Patrol's grabbing the kid and getting them water and trying to give them help. Uh, This is no way for a country to be doing this in, in the name of compassion. It's absolutely absurd. 
and we're empowering cartels, endangering migrants, endangering Americans. And it's real. And I don't know what the situation is with this rapist in Ohio, whether it's an undocumented uh, or illegal alien or not. Uh, maybe it was, maybe it wasn't. But I know that there are plenty of criminals in the United States due to our open borders. I know that there are tons of fentanyl in the United States killing Americans. 107,000 opioid poisonings last year. 107,000. Dana, you remember the 80s when we were freaking out over cocaine? That was about 10,000 people a year dying. We're talking about 107,000. Uh, and high-profile people dying from fentanyl. 500,000 pills. Fentanyl-laced pills found in a car with these uh, women in Arizona just a couple of weeks ago. It, it's all over the place. Oh, my gosh. We're talking with Congressman Chip Roy, who you, you mentioned a little bit ago the bill that the House is debating. It's like a this it's kind of a an Amber Alert system for active shooters. And they say that it's, uh, from what I understand, it's uh, Representative uh, David Cicilline's bill. And it's supposed to give local police departments the ability to send out Amber Alert-like messages during such incidents. My question is, what do they determine to be an first off and this is going to sound of course you know for 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 people on the left who don't understand this they they're not going to grasp this question but we're also talking about people who define um active shooters or mass casualty incidents or school shootings as i mean i i have a whole chapter on this in my second book i mean the everytown people and others would define a drug deal that went sideways three blocks from a school as a school shooting so who gets to determine what meets the the measure of defining it as such and how does this help because it seems like this you're you're it, this kind of compromises the police to be able to act quickly if the whole if everybody now is getting the same information i don't know i'm just made of questions about this yeah there's tons of questions and 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 uh, jim jordan thomas massey myself dan bishop matt gates we were all down on the floor a little bit ago uh raising these questions uh in particular raising the question about well what happens if there's a shooter six blocks away or two miles down the road and you've got a concert with 5,000 people there and alert goes off and then there's oh, a stampede or right. All of those things. The fact is this is a state and local issue. This is something that we, the people of Texas are perfectly capable of figuring out. We can figure out our police situation. You and I, no doubt, I haven't talked to you about it, are both very concerned, angry about what we've seen so far coming out of Uvalde, yeah, the video that was released yesterday and so forth. I'm also waiting to cast judgment on each individual member as we look for the reports to come out. But what we see is troubling. We are capable as Texans of figuring that out. But you don't need Washington coming in and saying, we're going to have a Department of Justice czar with $2 million budget to go around working with states to create some organized alert system. And on the floor, I was pointing out that we'd be better off having a congressional harm alert system or a congressional stupidity alert system with how much damage Congress does every day for the American people to know what Congress is inflicting upon them every single day. Yeah, and well, and to your point, Congressman, the I, I remember with with the uh, the Boston the Boston terror attack, and when those two individuals were on the run, that would be considered, and it was it was an active yep. they were active shooters. They were on the run, and I just remember it was in the evening, and this was hours after the marathon, and this went on, the chase went on for hours, and at one point, Boston police and then the FBI and I think even the elected officials from Massachusetts were saying, please stop sharing. All of this public, all of this information on social media, because right. as it came out, these two terrorists, people were listening to, you know, police scanners and putting all of this stuff on social media. And there were a number of reports, including local media in Boston, that were saying they were actually kind of using that to try to evade police. How can we be 
I, I just don't know if there's any assurances that something like this wouldn't actually do the same thing elsewhere. Yeah, I think that's a, that's a significant problem. And I think another problem with it is, uh, again, you've got to allow locals to make decisions about, well, how much are you alerting? What right. are you alerting for? Right. What if you're in the middle of a tornado? What if you're in the middle of a drought, as we are in Texas, you got a fire alert, you got an amber alert. It's like, well, how many alerts do you get on your phone? I mute most of them, right? Because you get so many, you don't pay attention. Um, those kinds of things. Like you, you start like disregarding or the opposite occurred. You're just bombarded with negativity. Social media is already the devil anyway, right? I mean, if, if I could abolish all social media right now, I would. Yeah. Uh, I've got off of all of it except for Twitter, which I use to look at news basically. Well, uh, and, and not to interrupt you, but to your point about the locality, I mean, I've gotten alerts before about stuff in Houston. I'm in Dallas. Right. And I'm like, if I were in Houston, that, I mean, I would have no, you know, sure, I'm on the lookout for this, you know, car or whatever. Um, right. I think out of the only, out of all these alerts, I think I've only had one that was actually in my area. And of course, that was helpful, but that's not how the systems run. Right. Right. And, and, and again, in this case, you know, we're debating another bill in judiciary right now about, um, you know, non-disclosure agreements, everything else there. And they don't care about federal power. And, and I want to nerd out as a lawyer here, but I do. I do care about how much we're empowering Washington, Department of Justice, empowering officials here or creating laws that inter- interfere with the state. Right. Because, look, we're in a place right now, Dana, in, you know, our 250th birthday is coming up in 2026. We've got a decision to make. Are we going to embrace freedom or, or are we going to fracture as a nation? Because that's, that's where we're headed. Great question. And we either embrace freedom, respect federalism, agree to disagree, respect the ability of Texans to figure out what they want to do versus California or New York right. or North Carolina or anywhere else, live free, or we're going to continue down this road, which will fracture this great republic. Right. And that's what I think the core issues we've got to deal with here and one of the things that animates me here in Washington. Last quick question for you. You're talking with, with Congressman Chip Roy, and I know you're still, I think everybody is still processing this video that we've seen. And I also oh. think that there's something to be said coming out of Uvalde. There's something to be said. No, People don't have to rush to make a comment until, I know you're still, from what I understand, uh, not to put you on blast or anything, I know you're waiting to talk to the mayor, which I think is, you know, I, I would kind of raise an eyebrow if you were running out there saying stuff without first talking yep. to the mayor who represents the people in the school in that area. Yep. But the initial video, I mean, clearly, we need to do something about tr- different training or or uh, expanded training for police in this new era, I think. Yeah, so uh, the video was more than troubling, okay? As a dad, as somebody looking at that going, wait, what, what was going on there? But what I'm trying to do is kind of slow down and look at all this from top to bottom. I think there's massive communication issues. Radio is not working. I think there was massive numbers of assumptions made. I don't think there was any clarity with who was in charge. I think we had so many law enforcement there that nobody was actually calling the shots. I think that there's problems ranging from the local officials, maybe DPS. We ought to have the full review to know who was deciding what. But why did it take an hour and 20 minutes for Border Patrol to finally say we're going in the room? But I know there was a lot of misinformation. I know that there was a lot of, uh, you know, uh, confusion that day. We don't need law enforcement doing that. You need to have the right training. You know, the the law enforcement needs to go in. And I think I saw something yesterday about one of the law enforcement uh, guys uh, was requesting permission to shoot the guy before he went into school. I think I saw that story. Again, I've not confirmed that. I haven't talked to anybody. I don't lie. As a former prosecutor, I hate speculation. If that's true, why? If I see a dude with a gun running into a school, I'm sorry, man. I, you know, with with an AR and you're running into the school. You know, I think I'm probably in the sort of shoot first, ask questions later.
But, I, you know, the, the, especially when you know that guy was shooting somewhere else. And so that's a concern for me. You know, is there liability issues there? Does this get into the whole qualified immunity debate and going after law enforcement? I don't know. But what we've got is a cultural problem where, you know, we've got a society that says rely on police instead of defending yourself. And then you've got police showing up and that didn't work out in this and case. And they have no out. constitutional obligation to defend you, technically. Castle Rock v. Gonzalez and, of course, that one that one federal ruling and uh, Parkland parents. We're running out of time at this point. But, Congressman, yep. I really I really appreciate your your. Uh, just the, the, I just think the, the responsible way in that you approach all of this, because, you know, I see some people like Chris Murphy and everybody running out. And I'm like, y'all didn't even know the story changed so many times. We're going to talk about it coming up next hour. Uh, but appreciate you appreciate the work that you're doing in D.C. on the behalf of not just Texans, but everybody. Congressman Chip Roy. Thank you so much, sir. Good to see you. Thank you, Dan. God bless you. Chris, your whole family. Take God care. bless. Thank you. It's his life mission to make bad decisions. <laughs> It's time for Florida Man. Man, Florida really is the Australia of America. It really is. A Florida man found a bear rummaging through his garage refrigerator, all casual-like, getting himself a snack. On July 11th, Jason Mickle of Sanford said a neighbor alerted him there was an intruder in his garage. And he goes out, and there is straight up a bear on its back feet going through the fridge. And then, you know, it was startled by Mickle's presence, and it just like calmly walked out of the garage and left a trail of snacks in the driveway. Mickle got into his car and calmly followed the bears. The bear ate snacks and kind of literally walked on its back legs down the driveway into the neighborhood. That's not freaky. And it went into the woods. This could have ended so much worse, but I kind of also think that you got a new friend, dude. <laughs> Stay with us. We've, we've got a lot more on the way. Third hour next. When we were last together before the snafu, we were discussing the situation with Biden's polling and all of that stuff. And uh, I wanted to get into the latest that had happened was going on with Uvalde. And I sent a piece out about this last night. And we're going to talk to this or talk about this because uh, there's a lot to unpack here. And I am. Uh, just shocked by just some of the ways like for instance Chris Murphy Senator Chris Murphy who he's from Connecticut and I just thought this was distasteful he said quote the Uvalde video puts to bed forever the question of whether the way to deal with bad guys with guns is to make sure there are more good guys with guns He said that we've always known it was a gun industry created lie designed to sell more guns now we have the gut-wrenching proof God put a hand over my mouth because what I would like to call this man is not fit for air. Just goes to show you that ethics and decency and humanity are not required to be a senator from Connecticut. There were no good guys that I saw. There was a response, kind of. But here's the big issue, and we're going to talk about this in depth. People like Chris Murphy tell us that only the police should carry guns. And that also simultaneously they should be defunded. And yet the only people and and that they should be the only people allowed to carry without question. Yet they have no legal obligation to protect any of us. Castle Rock v. Gonzalez in the federal court ruling from Parkland. That's the real scam. And it's perpetuated by people like one Mr. Christopher Murphy. Just inexcusable. So we're going to talk about that at length because the video, I watched the full video. 
And we're also going to talk about the reaction because apparently the media, this was going to be announced, this was going to be released Sunday, but what they wanted to do was give families a little time to see the, to, to, to see the video if they wanted to see it and sort of prep them for it. And that's completely understandable. And that's how it should have gone. And apparently it didn't go that way. It was released without everyone seeing it. And some of the parents saw it for the first time in the press. We're going to talk about that. We have headlines now. And now, all of the news you would probably miss. It's time for Dana's Quick 5, brought to you by Caltech. I saw this. Twitter has added the ability, and I actually don't dislike it. They've added, they won't let you edit anything, but they've added the ability to unmention yourself from tweet threads, which I think is actually good because there are many times that I would like to make this happen. You can leave a conversation on its platform. So users can now unmention themselves from a thread. So conversations that initial, initially mention them no longer appear in their mentions. And that's a number of additional updates to the platform. Uh, you know, if you. But at the same time, you know, if you're shadow banned and all of that, uh, they're, they're going to shadow ban themselves out of competitiveness and business. That's what's going to end up happening. Uh, just, you know, uh, in India, they're set to overtake China and population by 2023. Oh, I love this. Oh, yes. I like this. I'm totally fine with this. They're on track to overtake China by 2023, according to UN projections, with an expected population of over 1.4 billion people. China's population is expected to decline next year, seeing its population shrink for the first time in decades. They have one of the lowest birth rates in the world at 1.15 per woman, well below the replacement rate of 20 of 2.1. And after decades, they remember they had the one child policy and mandatory abortions. If you had over one child after decades of pushing these birth rates down, now they're trying to reverse course because they just realized what they did to themselves. They have a crisis of an aging population and a severe sex imbalance. They're pursuing a three child policy now for tax incentives for couples to have more kids, but birth rates are still dropping precipitously and it's still only 1.15 children per woman in 2021. That's 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 down even from 1.3 in 2020 that is the only country facing a shrinking population and by 2050 61 countries are expected to experience a one percent population decline by 2050 so that's and i think that's what's going to be china's undoing right there so if you just wait it out a little bit and india you know they're capitalists i really think we should have spent a lot more time by the way being friends with india just saying uh, but very, very interesting. Uh, also, a couple of headlines from some previous ones that we didn't get to last time. Leonardo DiCaprio apparently offered Mayor Poot Buttigieg debate tips in 2020. This is what TMZ is reporting. It didn't help, did it? It didn't help, apparently. Uh, I He apparently offered a private coaching session. And I don't think that Poot Buttigieg accepted it. Just, I don't know. Just wild. Uh, also, the in terms of defense and military, questions are being asked as to whether or not America's all-volunteer military service can survive uh, a dearth of volunteers. Well, if they wouldn't wokeify everything, just saying, at some point, Democrats are going to try to argue for a return to the draft because it was them who wanted to bring it back back in the early aughts. They're they're and just they're going to they're going to use this as the reason is the reason why. I'm just bank I'm just banking on it. It's 
just just waiting on it. Uh, but they said that in large numbers, young people are not inclined to join the military, according to Army Lieutenant, retired Army Lieutenant General Thomas Bower uh, from the Heritage Foundation Center for National Defense. They said it's systemic. It's a long-term recruiting drought. You know what? And it's not going to get better anytime soon as long as you do pronoun crap on uh, Army tweets and Marine tweets and all of this other stuff. If you're not focusing on being a fighting force and you're focused more on being a social experiment, you know what? Yes, it is going to suffer. And you're going to see families that are going to tell their children that they don't want their children and their children's lives to belong to a government that can't even define what the hell a woman is. I'm one of those parents. Uh, also, Elon Musk wants Trump to sit out in 2024. They're in a they're in a little bit of a fight. It was always kind of a tense relationship anyway because Trump has his Truth Social and there was this, you know, Elon Musk was supposed to be purchasing Twitter. And so I was just waiting for this to kind of break into the open. Musk and Trump have been leveling barbs at each other for the past couple of days. And uh, Musk said that Trump should sail into the sunset instead of running for president again. Uh, and Trump, of course, is I think he's already responded. Um, Musk also said that there he doesn't he accused Trump of having too much drama when he was in office. Now, get this. The left is now liking. I've seen the left actually say nice things about Trump because they hate Musk so bad. Musk is the current boogeyman. Trump was the previous boogeyman. They like the previous boogeyman unless they become the re- the current boogeyman again. So they're liking Trump because he's that's who these people are. It is ridiculous. That Uvalde video, we're going to talk about this, what it means and what should happen. Next, stick with us. When you're stuck discussing politics with your friends, who's the most informed person in the group? Yep, you are. You're welcome. Listen, follow, subscribe. The Dana Show. That's right. And danalash.com. You can get subscribe link up there, and it's in the link of all my social media profiles. I wrote about this, this video that was released, uh, the 77-minute video showing what exactly happened in the, with the response in Uvalde. And it's disturbing. I watched the whole thing. And at one point in the video, because the uh, Austin American Statesman first published it. And they had said numerous times in the video that they had removed the screaming of the children. But you hear the shots. It is... I, I can't imagine... The feeling of one of those parents, not only after this, but learning and first seeing this in the media, because that's apparently what happened. See, this was going to be released, this video, and there was a lot of fighting over it. And I'm actually, I wasn't opposed to releasing this at all. I don't think that there was anything about releasing this video that hampers an investigation. Sorry, but I'm not buying it. And... It was released, it was going to be released publicly Sunday, but then came the word that it was going, they were going to wait so that the victim's families had time to preview it first. And apparently that is not what happened. And the mayor just slammed the press on this. He said the way, his direct quote was, the way that video was released is one of the most chicken things I've ever seen. And, I mean, it's, it has not, it's just as if things, you think things can't get worse than they do. And it's, I mean, there's just no words. 
They were going to meet on Sunday morning, give a report to the parents, and have a family have family come back for question and answer session. And then after that, they were going to release the video. And then it was released anyway before everybody of the families could see it. What in the world? How does this? How oh my gosh? What in the world? And so the other the other some of the other some of the other discussion that came out over this is that they apparently someone i don't know the 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 things that every news agency knew that we were talking to the house in texas and the house then went to austin american statesman and kvut kvue tv said this was going to happen and they said the the families were going to see the video but they didn't need to see the killer coming in and they didn't hear need to hear the shots they didn't need to hear that and wow it i mean it was that's just the way it was released um I don't know. Now, the people now some people are saying it was released that way because they felt that uh, officials were trying to uh, prevent the video from coming out publicly at all. And I got to say, I can't really entirely discount those accusations because just the the messaging was all over. And in the in the in the after this, it was I've never seen anything like it except for Parkland. It was all over the place. The video shows the killer entering the school rifle totally in full view and congressman roy chip roy who was on with me previously had said that there were reports that one of the officers who had responded was saying asking permission to take a shot because he saw this individual i mean i agree with the congressman i see somebody like that going in a school like that uh yeah i think that would have And I think there are a lot of officers out there who also said that would have ended differently with them. But the thing that gets me, I mean, the whole thing is just unbelievable. Um, He goes into the classroom and for two and a half minutes, he's in a classroom with the teachers and these kids by himself and you can hear every shot. And then three minutes after he goes in, officers uh, come in. And they go down the hall, and at one point they turn and run away. One guy looks like he flagged the officer behind him because he was running so fast with his gun in hand when they heard shots. Now, the video is... is even further heartbreaking and it's infuriating it just confirms the worst a full 77 minutes you see another officer come and get hand sanitizer while they're in all their gear and they're waiting you know for the bortac to show up i mean what what in the world and all while this was happening outside parents were tased pepper sprayed and handcuffed if they try to rush in and save their children. I am without words. And there are so many stories of them. There were also reporters there. It's not just the parents saying this. It's other reporters who were there getting it on video who were saying this. So it's not like these are made up stories. There's video of it. Mike Baker of the New York Times was one of the first to start reporting it. He saw it. 
There's a lot of people talking about failure. And yeah, I think it's important to note that. Note who and what failed. But I think it's important to move past that too so you can talk about how to fix it. Yeah, the police response was a t- complete failure here. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say this right off the bat and then I'm not going to touch it again. I do not back the blue blindly. I only back good enforcement of constitutional law. Sure, police are often unfairly castigated for the actions of criminals. And it's no wonder why nobody wants to do the job much anymore. But no, I do not at all believe that the hesitation of the police in the video that we see was the product of some anti-police narrative. It was cowardice. They, you had officers literally sprinting down the hallway away from gunfire, knowing full well that the lives of the children and the teachers inside were on the line. You had parents outside who would not hesitate to take a bullet to save the lives of their kids or other people's kids who were treated more aggressively than the killer in those 77 minutes. The video is indefensible. And justifiable anger is reserved for anybody who believes that we are not allowed to criticize bad enforcement or lack thereof. Or who try to myopically argue that legitimate criticism of bad policing is equal to opposition towards police. So let's establish that and shut that down. Yes, the police failed here. Now I shared with you Chris Murphy's tweet earlier. Because I see people already Eager to use this as, oh, well, you know, uh, good guys with guns don't stop anything. Well, that's not true. We know defensive gun usage does that uh, 2.1 million times more. By the way, you don't have to take my word for it. That's literally the CDC under Barack Obama and the DOJ. FBI uniform crime reports and local reporting. Two books on it. Feel free to read it. The receipts are included. Schools are gun-free zones, and they have been for 30 years due to the Gun-Free School Zones Act. So we're told that only police should carry guns. They are the only people who should carry without question. Yet they have no legal obligation to defend any of us. Castle Rock v. Gonzalez. The recent federal court ruling from 15 months ago with Parkland parents. Oh, and they should also be simultaneously defunded. Gun-free zones failed. We disallow lawful carry, and we have made the simple subject of armed and better trained school resource officers, and not just one per campus either, a controversial issue. If you just simply mention the fact of an unlocked door at Robb Elementary, you get responses from people who claim that any lock or any secure perimeter is tantamount to recreating a prison-like atmosphere. Yet none of these same people feel like the concerts that they go to are prisons. None of these same people feel like the banks that they visit are prisons. None of these same people feel like the football games that they go to, the basketball games that they go to, the soccer matches that they go to, the baseball games that they go to, the MMA fights that they go to are prisons. Yet all of these venues, all of these entities have more security provided to them than the children of Rob Elementary. 
Yes, the school also failed to provide adequate security or even have a proper door auto lock system. We debate the banning of inanimate objects that the majority of criminals get on the black market, 77% according to two separate, three separate studies, one of which was DOJ, the other was a Rancorp study. We do absolutely nothing to educate our fellow Americans how to use the established legal system to prevent people who are troubled and who may be a danger to themselves or others to keep to prevent them from hurting themselves. Instead, we have politicians like Chris Murphy, like Joe Biden, like Kamala Harris, like Gavin Newsom, who feign ignorance and pretend that no such help exists, but you can purchase it for the low, low price of your due process. Politicians have failed us for making safety a political issue. In the days following a tragedy, when people tell the press that the killer was troubled for a while, we blame the people who live in towns and counties and states miles away for not doing anything instead of asking why no one who knew reported the killer stories then come out about bad behavior and nobody asks why the family didn't monitor it in uvalde the killer's family failed everyone knew that he was not only making violent threats violent online driving around shooting at people with his bb gun trying to fight people in the park And sometimes it's not even that the killer went unreported. Sometimes it's that bad cops do nothing. I sat on stage with one at a town hall televised like an MMA event, Scott Israel. He was called by the Sun Sentinel. His leadership and response were called disastrous. Deputies claimed they couldn't even remember the last time they got training under him. He lied about how many calls his office had received and he was called out by his own union. And yet somehow he was able, he also snuck into a victim's hospital room and took a PR photo without the parent's permission. Anthony Borges, I know that family well. They're dear friends of mine. Yes, sometimes bad cops do nothing. It's not just the police that failed here. There are a lot of things that failed. It's... I mean, there's no, there are no words to describe a hall full of people with their stuff on. Oh, I get it. I get it. I'm so damn tired of hearing it over and over again. Oh, well, people, yes, they criticize police, et cetera, et cetera. No one's thinking about that when you've got a classroom full of kids and a killer inside. No one gives a rat's ass about what the public is going to think. We can't defend ourselves we're thrown in prison like jose alba if we defend ourselves we lose our law license and have our careers ruined if we defend ourselves on our own property after angry mobs of people literally break down a private gate and trespass on private property while screaming threats at you on your own private property if someone if a pedophile tries to attack you and and then another assault uh, convicted of assault tries to bash your head in with a skateboard and you defend yourself using lethal force that's a big no-no don't you know criminals have a right we have a messed up view of defense and justice in this country that has also failed 
Like I said, I don't back the blue blindly. Like I didn't back hairdressers being arrested during lockdown. Nail techs being arrested during lockdown. People by themselves paddleboarding in California being chased down by the guard during lockdown. No knocks. Red flag service. I don't back it blindly. My last word on this is that there were good cops that were there. And they were the ones that basically gave a one-finger salute with their actions to the orders, and they went in the school. Those are the ones we need to empower. Not these soft Punisher phone screen having hand sanitizer getting female copulatory organs.